We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, this is Luka Doncic. Can he get it away in time on the step back? He does! He hits! He hits! And the Mavericks have won the game! Luka Doncic with a 30-footer to win it at the horn! And you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined by my co-host, Drew Johnson. It is Wednesday, December 7th. Uh, we're doing an early morning pod today. Uh, the Mavs are fresh off a 116-115 win over the Denver Nuggets. It was uh, it was a crazy game. Uh, it, the Mavs they they came out on the second night of a back to back with a lot of energy. Uh, they you know it wasn't just their second night of a back to back. It was their third game in four nights. And when the last of those uh, three games and four nights comes in Denver, you know, where the altitude is just crazy, uh, you know, you you tend to think that the team might have a little bit less energy and would come out flat. But they didn't. They came out uh, on fire. 36 to 29 was the score after one quarter. uh, And they stayed pretty consistent throughout then. Now, when it got to the fourth, because uh, Luca he had his, I think it was his 56th triple-double of his career uh, in this one. It was 22 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists. Uh, but he only shot 5 of 17 from the field. Didn't score a point in the fourth quarter. And it was the first time the Mavs have won a game all season with Luca not scoring at least 30 points. So, that's good. Uh, th- yeah. That's- that's the good news. Uh, the bad news is uh, when Luca doesn't score in the fourth quarter, uh, you are prone to potentially uh, blowing the lead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they, they found themselves with a uh, – they were up 111 to 101 with four minutes left in the game. From that moment until the 42nd mark of the fourth quarter. So that's – three minutes and like 20 seconds of gameplay, they did not score a point and it got the Nuggets back in the game. The Nuggets reclaimed the lead. They had a 112-111 lead after the Mavs hit such a horrible offensive drought uh, in clutch time. But then Dorian Finney-Smith from a behind-the-back pass from Luka 
nails a three at the top of the key. He's talking shit to the Nuggets bench. Uh, you know, it, it's it was just it was a crazy moment. We see Dorian do this all the time. You know, he he's he's admitted that he loves talking uh, to the opposing team's benches, especially when he hits a three in front of them. Well, this was a case where he was at the top of the key. It didn't matter. He was still letting them have it. <laughs> so, you know, Dorian, he's had a rough year, but it, it was good to see him hit a clutch three. I made the joke earlier in the season that, you know, no matter how much Dorian is struggling, if he has a chance to hit a three in the clutch, chances are he's going to hit it. He's become a very clutch player, whether it's in the postseason, you know, or in the in the regular season. If he has a chance to put the Mavs up, he will. So, uh, so Luca triple double. Uh, it's his sixth of this particular season, which leads the league. Uh, Finney Smith ended up with 19 points, shooting five of ten from three. Great to see him get going. Tim Hardaway Jr., DJ, is where we're going to start. Uh, you know, we'll talk about a lot of stuff from this game, but Tim Hardaway Jr. is where we're going to start specifically because, you know, we have zeroed in on his struggles earlier this season. And, you know, we talked about if he doesn't get things going, the Mavs are going to have to, you know, make a change because it just mm-hmm. – it was just bad, you know, under – 30% from the field, not from three, from the field. And then, you know, it was worse from three to start. But look, to Jason Kidd's credit, he has put Tim Hardaway Jr. in the starting lineup. We wondered how that would affect the defense. Uh, but THJ, he has been playing intense defense, probably the best defense of his career over this last five-game stretch. Uh, the Mavs have won four out of five now. And Tim Hardaway Jr. led the Mavs with 29 points on 7 of 12 shooting last night, 6 of 8 from 3. Over his last five games, THJ is averaging 24.4 points and shooting 52% from the field and nearly 55% from 3. He is on an absolute heater. Uh, So I guess that's where we'll start with you, DJ. I mean, what – what? How impressed are you with how uh, THJ has seemingly turned his season around and the Mavs overall? Well, I think that uh, that Tim might be a listener of ours, and I think that our uh, criticism <laughs> may have uh, lit a fire under him. At least that's what I like to think. Um, <laughs> no, aw- awesome production. And the thing about uh, <clears throat> true professionals is this. You know, even whenever they're not scoring or when things aren't going their way, they're still going to try to find a way to impact the game in terms of winning. And, you know, it's like you said, he's been playing defense at an elite level. And, you know, the thing about shooting is you can't really control it. I mean, you can get in the gym and you can work all you want, but we cannot control whenever shots fall. But we can control the intensity that we play with on both ends of the floor. And so Tim has done a really good job of controlling the controllables. Uh, and, you know, I was ha- I'm happy to see that he's – starting to you know finally come out of his slump it was only a matter of time and i'm happy to see that well it's, i saw somebody post this on twitter the other day and it's really it was funny but it's it's absolutely true too it said you know tim hardaway jr as a bench player and it had that little wimpy dog mm-hmm. meme or whatever and it's like tim hardaway jr is a starter and it's like it's jacked up dog like <laughs> it's like that spongebob meme right yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where he breaks out of his yeah, shirt. Exactly. Yeah, 
Uh, and I told my guy, uh, Kirk Henderson last night, who's the editor in chief at Mass Moneyball. We, we talk, you know, almost daily about this, uh, about this stuff. But I told him, I said, look, I think I figured it out. Tim Hardaway Jr. is the human version of cryptocurrency. The highs, <laughs> the highs are incredibly high and they happen extremely quick. But then the lows are like, very low too you know the <laughs> it's a it's a wave up and down so uh tim coin is what we're going to call him from now on uh <laughs> what, what's the stock of tim coin doing these days oh uh, well, i'm gonna tell you what's interesting though and uh you know not to rain on anyone's uh parade but you know consistency has to be considered here and it's like you're saying you know the whole cryptocurrency comparison while he's hot, do you try and get something for him? You know, and I, and I hate to bring that up, but you know, do Good we point. need to look into that? Do we need to look into that? Because I mean, do we do we cash him in while he's hot? Because uh, you know, he's on a hot streak right now. Do we try and get something that we actually need? You know, so uh, just throwing that out there. I I would I would be trying it if I was the Mavs, to be honest. Because mm-hmm. I mean, we have enough of a sample size right now. You know, to kind of to kind of say that Tim Hardaway Jr. doesn't necessarily fit as good as he should with this team, and unless the Mavs, you know, even when THJ is hot, the Mavs are are having to live and die by the three overall. Mm-hmm. Like that's the that's the only way this team can play. And w- when they're hitting, they look incredible. They look like you know championship contenders, but when shots aren't falling at a absurd rate like they have in these last few games, then, you know, they, they almost look like a, a lottery team because they just don't have any other way to play. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think they should take full advantage of, you know, how well he's playing right now. It's kind of like, you know, when they traded for Porzingis back in 2019 – uh, Dennis Smith Jr. was playing well at the time. You know, he he was struggling a little bit throughout that second season, but uh, I remember he had a triple-double at the Garden. Uh, and then literally the very next day, they you get the report that, oh, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. and other pieces are going to New York for Chris Dots Porzingis. <laughs> yep, I remember that. So, you know, I, I definitely think it's something they need to look at. I, one situation that I've talked about a few times is, you know, with the Chicago Bulls, uh, who are just awful this year. They're like 9-14. and 14. They may have lost another game between uh, now and when I talked about them. Let me look that up real quick. But anyway, uh, let's see. Yeah, no, they're 9-14. They're and 14. They're three. They've won three out of their last ten games. Uh, this is a Chicago Bulls team that was, you know, predicted to win a champ or not win a championship, but at least compete for a championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, they struggled at the end of the last year. They're struggling at the beginning of this year. You know, they're arguably or who they want to be their best player, it seems. And DeMar DeRozan uh, is 33 years old. Zach Levine, who used to be, you know, the top guy, DeRozan has kind of taken over that spot. There's been tension between Levine. <laughs> Billy Donovan, I'm looking at that situation and thinking, you know, they might blow things up at a certain point. And I've always said that Zach Levine would be just an insane offensive fit oh, yeah. uh, next, 
next to Luca. And look, I know he's not the greatest defender in the world, but if THJ can give the effort that he's given, you know, over the last handful of games, I have no doubt that Levine can do similar similar things in in Jason Kidd's system. So that that's a guy I would be I would be looking at. I would be inquiring about Zach Levine, you know, as we get closer to that February trade deadline and see if you can work something out because I know the Mavs don't have a lot of pick flexibility until the offseason, but you know, given Levine's recent knee issues and given Chicago's struggles and the big contract they just gave him, I think that might be the one where the Mavs can get in, you know, without having to to give up, you know, more than two first round picks or something like that. So that's what I'd be looking at. Well, another thing that I would be looking at is trying to acquire picks if possible. I mean, you know, <clears throat> I've read this in multiple places. The best way to build a team is through the draft. And this seems to be a pretty decent draft class. I mean, from top to bottom, you know, I know people have been criticizing it, but look, like I've been watching some of these kids since high school. Right now, Derek Lively is in the bottom part of this draft, like in the bottom part of the first round. And uh, he was the number two player overall coming out of high school. Number one, if, uh, you know, depending on who you ask, supremely talented, seven foot one, can do a lot of things that guards can do. I mean, really, Duke University has two people that I could see being top tier NBA players. Um, so I think that there are power, there is power in having picks, not just, you know, from a drafting standpoint, but also from a trade power standpoint. I don't think you can have too many picks. I really don't. Um, so, but that, back to Zach Levine, I think he would be a tremendous fit uh, as a secondary option to Luca and as a primary option whenever Luca is not on the floor. Um, and I think that, you know, trading uh, THJ while he's hot needs to be of the uh, utmost importance. I just, in my honest opinion, you know, because we may not see this out of him again for the rest of the season, just depending on consistency, you know, so strike while it's hot. Well, and that's the thing you, you need to, if you're the Mavs, if you're the Mavs front office, you need to find a way to influx some youth into this roster while also kind of, kind of tweaking how the roster is capable of playing too, because, you know, like I said, you can't just completely live and die by three. You need guys who can create their own shot. Uh, you know, they're they're not just waiting for Luca to magically uh, get them open for a three pointer. Yeah. And 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 I mean, Jaden Hardy is a prime example of this. We've we've seen in very limited. No, obviously, it's been in very limited minutes. You know, the last couple of games, but. You know, he's shown in, in New York and in the last game against Phoenix, uh, not last well, game before the Denver game on Monday against Phoenix, you know, he can come in and fill it up. He's not leading the G League and scoring for nothing. He is supremely talented on the offensive end. He can finish with contact. He can create his own shot. He's become a better playmaker uh, since his first stint in the G League last year. So, uh, you know, he's he's got something, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I, I think, you know, I don't know. I, I mentioned this on Twitter the other day. I don't exactly know what Jaden Hardy's ceiling is, but all I know is he is 
100% a steal based on where he was picked uh, at 37th in the second round. And I agree with you. They, they need to try and, you know, build more around the draft. It's kind of, I mean, some people would argue it's kind of late in the game to do that based on how the previous mass front office did things since Luca was drafted. But I think, you know, like Reggie Bullock, for instance, as much as he has struggled this year and he's shooting under 30% from the field and from three, I still think you could probably get like a late first round pick for him from some contender. You know, some contender is going to see what Bullock has done throughout his career in the second half of a season and is would be willing to give a first a late first round pick for him. So I mean, stuff like that is is what you could do. And then I mean, look, by trading Bullock, you open up more minutes for Josh Green and you know, maybe you have a little bit more time for Hardy too. It's it's going to be harder for Hardy uh you know, unless they do something drastic with their their other uh backcourt guys, but I agree. I, I think that's a great idea. Um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I have more confidence in Nico Harrison taking the draft seriously than I did Donnie Nelson. Donnie Nelson, you know, it was always, it was always like they were chasing Moby Dick, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in free agency. And, you know, these last couple of years since Nico took over, you can kind of tell that, you know, it's it's not so much it's not so much predicated on that stuff. Hey, you know, they're they're if they don't think they have a legit chance at signing one of the best free agents on the market, they immediately move on and sign like a a second tier guy. Or, you know, like this past year they had Jaden Hardy nineteenth on their draft board. And when they saw him slip to the second round, it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, we'll just go ahead and trade this number 26 pick, bring in Christian Wood, and then we trade it back into the, the second round to get the 37th pick and got, got our 19th guy on the board anyway and Jaden Hardy. So uh, pretty smart stuff from the math so far, and it seems like Hardy has some good chemistry with Christian Wood, so I'd love to see that see that uh, get going at some point this season. Uh, some other just like some – cleanup duty work here on the game from last night. Uh, the Mavs had a couple other guys in double digits. Spencer Dinwiddie had 13 points and seven assists in 31 minutes as a starter. Uh, he continues to fill in nicely uh, in that starting lineup where Jalen Brunson used to be. Um, as I mentioned, Finney Smith, 19 points. Hardaway Jr., 29 uh, the only other player to score in double digits was Christian Wood. He had 27 minutes off the bench, and he scored 14 points on six of seven. He's always efficient. Uh, six rebounds, two assists, two steals, and a block. Hmm. Christian Wood, overall, he didn't score a ton, but in my opinion, that was arguably his best two-way game of the season. Uh, because there's been games where he scored like, you know, close to 30 points, but the defense wasn't there. He played a really solid game, you know, start to finish in this one. And it was reflected in the in the box score plus minus. He was a team high plus nine on the night. Uh and in a one plus win in a, a one point win and being a plus nine, that's that's pretty good. That's that means you were one of the main reasons they won. <laughs> yeah, tremendous. 
Tremendous. Um, you know, I'm still, uh, you know, te team start Christian Wood, you know. I, th I think that still needs to happen, but – you know, yeah. we, we've, as, we've talked at length about it. So <laughs> as, uh, as we have stated in the past, you know, obviously Jason Kidd is really smart with this basketball stuff. He obviously has earned the benefit of the doubt with that. Yeah. But when you look at the numbers and you see how Christian Wood has played and, you know, the, the caliber of player he is, it's just, it's really crazy to me that he hasn't even – gotten to start once but hey they've won four out of five right now if they can if it continues to trend like that i will shut up about christian wood starting i don't care if, if they're winning games and you know he's buying in and actually playing good defense and all that good stuff i'm i'm all for it but well i'll, I'll tell you what my concern is though and, and you actually made a point about it earlier is, you know, whenever they're shooting the ball well, everything's fine. But uh, whenever they're not, we look like a lottery team. And so what that tells me is we need higher percentage looks on a more consistent basis. Um, and what better way to get those looks than to have an efficient post player, you know? So, I mean, we're, yeah. we're talking about looks right at the basket. Um, so, you know, I think that that could help remedy some of those concerns but again, it's like you said earlier, you know, Jason Kidd's pretty good at this basketball stuff from an IQ standpoint. Um, always has been. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what happens. But I do well, know. Biggest, not sorry ahead. to cut you off, but the, the biggest reason, <clears throat> at least from everything we've heard in post game press conferences and everything about why Christian Wood hasn't been given an opportunity to start it seems like it's been because of his defense like you know mm -hmm. he has the physical tools but the consistency isn't there and you know if he can string together some games like he had last night uh against the nuggets you know where he's putting in maximum effort and making a true difference playing winning basketball if he can prove to jay kid like hey i have bought in and this is going to be the normal you know every night for me then I think he has a chance to eventually graduate into that starting spot because up to this point, like Dwight Powell, he's not the best uh, option for a starting center. I mean, he's been good at times. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Uh, he has really good chemistry with Luca in the pick and roll. And even last night, you know, he was three of three uh, with eight points and seven rebounds against the Nuggets. So, I mean... And he played great defense. That has been the biggest difference between Powell and uh, Christian Wood so far. Christian Wood can shoot the ball, but Powell plays better defense. <laughs> um, so, you know, that that's the biggest thing. If Wood can show that he can play defense more consistently, I think he could uh, graduate into that starting lineup. And if he does uh, – you know, uh, I'd like to see the Mavs do something more with the Reggie Bullock minutes because, I mean, look, I the guy is an awesome guy. I mean, he's he's a great teammate by all accounts. Uh, he's been a huge part of this team for the last, you know, year plus. Uh, so I, I like the guy, but they just – they got to have more out of his minutes. Uh, his, his minutes have slowly started dwindling down. He only played 14 minutes in the Denver game. Didn't score a point. Uh, the only stat he recorded was one turnover and one rebound. And he was over one, over one shooting. So, I mean, what are, what are we doing? I mean, why are we wasting 14 minutes on Reggie Bullock out there getting some cardio in? You know? that's, like, uh, that's that, that's like that Tony Snell meme, you know? Yeah, it is. It really is. And, you know, kid, the game before, well, I can't remember if it was. It was before the Phoenix game on Monday. He said something to the effect of we've got to find a way to get Jaden Hardy more minutes. And I know he wants to be real like, you know, anal retentive with all this, you know, oh, well, we got too many guards getting minutes. Therefore, Jaden Hardy can't get minutes. I don't really care about, you know, if even though Hardy isn't a small forward, if you take those 14 minutes that Bullock's getting and give those to Jaden Hardy, I feel a lot better about things than I do right now. Yeah. Well, Hardy at least produces, you know. Yeah. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, something's in the air. I don't know what it is, but it is killing me right now. Like it's got my I, eyes watering. I'm coughing. I don't know what's going on. It's that, it's that nice December Mississippi weather for you. Ugh. I, it's it's muggy as all get out, and it we're three weeks away from Christmas. This is this stuff is crazy. And about two weeks ago, it was like thirty outside. I don't know yeah. what's going on. <laughs> That's why everybody gets sick. Yep. Oh. 
But yeah, look, Jaden Hardy, he it, it was really funny because after a kid, he was he was just oh yeah, Hardy's definitely gonna have a chance to get more minutes uh in this Phoenix game on Monday after he scored his initial NBA points against the Knicks uh over the weekend. And Hardy didn't enter the game until the last two minutes of that Phoenix game. So mm-hmm. even though it was a blowout, so it's like, well, what happened, Jay Kid? Why 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 is he only coming in the last two minutes when it's a blowout? But Hardy came in and scored 10 points on four or five from the field uh, and a couple free throws in those two minutes. So he made the absolute most of it. And uh, it's just crazy that, you know, in those two minutes, he scored, you know, 10 points with a couple of, like on Landry Shamit, who's not, he doesn't start for the Suns. He was still playing at that point in the game. He's a, you know, mm-hmm. solid NBA player. Uh, so, you know, he's scoring over him in two minutes of garbage time. And then you got Reggie Bullock out here playing 14 minutes and can't even record anything more than a rebound. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying yeah. free, free Jay Hardy, hashtag free yeah. Jay Hardy, get him out there. I 100% agree. I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like the guys at least demonstrated efficiency. I think we need to give him some run or at least more run than we've been giving him. And just see what happens. I mean, what do we have to lose? It's like you said, give him Bullock's minutes. Bullock isn't doing anything with the minutes right now anyway. You know, yeah. and, I, and I get, I get J-Kid's J worried about, you know, the defensive side of things. But, you know, it's like we said earlier, it might have been on the last pod. If you're not producing, then what's the point? Because last time I, I checked, you know, games in the NBA are not in the 60s and the 70s. They're in the 100s. I mean, I don't want to say nobody's stopping anybody, but the offensive efficiency of today's NBA player is off the charts. We need people who can match that efficiency. I think Hardy could be that person. I get the defensive argument too, but it's not like Bullock has been a lockdown defender this season either. Like he's he's struggled on that end of the floor too. He's been beaten uh, on the perimeter many, many times. Like – I watch his minutes like there the first the first handful of games I didn't watch him as closely because I didn't think you know it was that big of a deal as we've gotten into December now like I've started when he's on the court I have started watching him you know zeroing in on him specifically and I just watch him and I'm just like why is this guy out there he's just not doing anything like he would benefit from just taking a seat like just give him like a two three week vacation and have him come back on Christmas and maybe <laughs> maybe he'll do something against the Lakers. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's like, you know, he had a neck issue earlier in the year. I don't know if that's lingering and causing an it causing a problem for him. All I know is that you know, yes, he usually starts out seasons in a slump, but it has never been this bad. Uh, it's, you know, a slump for Reggie is usually like, oh, well, he started out the year shooting like 32% from three or something like that. The dude is under 30 from the field overall and from three. Like, it's just, it's awful. And I hope he gets it going, but it's, uh, it's not looking good right now. And all that being said with his track record and his career resume, I still think you could get, you know, 
like I said, a late first uh, if another contender wants to add him. Let's package both him and THJ and let's get something. That's my proposal. Package them together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. And, you know, with the salary matching stuff, that gets you to about, let's see, Bullock is around $10 million. THJ is around, uh, let's see, $17 million, I think. So that's $27 million in salary. That, that Hey, <laughs> I think that's approaching uh, Zach Levine's salary matching there. <laughs> that's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> I mean, either get Levine or get an expiring contract in a first. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I agree. I, we'll see how it goes. Look, December 15th is when uh, players who were signed in the offseason, you know, re-signed or signed in the offseason, are eligible to be traded again. Uh, so that's where the trade rumor floodgates are supposedly going to open. So things are going to be getting interesting here very soon. But mm-hmm. uh, the Mavs, they're 13 and 11 now. They've gotten back on track after losing four straight. Uh, they beat the Warriors about a week ago. And then, uh, you know, they had that disappointing loss to the Pistons. And now they have had three super impressive wins over the Knicks, the Suns, and the Nuggets. And the next game up, uh, they'll have a rematch with Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucks, who are second in the East. Um, when they played them in Milwaukee the first time, the Mavs were on the second night of a back-to-back, um, and they had, you know, they they played with Milwaukee well for three quarters, but they just couldn't hold up uh, in that fourth quarter and end up losing. I think it was one twenty-four to one ten. So. Mm-hmm. Um, We'll see how it goes. They're at American Airlines Center this time. The Mavs, they don't play today or Thursday or Friday up until game time. So, essentially, you got three days of rest. Uh, You're playing good basketball, and uh, hopefully they can string together, you know, four consecutive wins going into the weekend. So, (sighs) good times right now. Good times. I'm going to savor it because, for the most part, Mavs basketball has not been fun this season, even in the wins, like early on. Uh, but this last week has been has been very enjoyable. It's been reminiscent of uh, the team that made the Western Conference Finals last year. So I'm having fun. I- I'm enjoying this. Uh, DJ, anything else before we take off? No, I mean <clears throat> it'll. It's like you said, it'll be very interesting in the next couple weeks to see. You know what uh what comes down the pipe as far as uh trade rumors are concerned and you know maybe uh maybe we can develop some of our own little pipe dreams too i know that you're notorious for it so uh i'll be curious to see what you come up with i'm looking right now i i've i've got i've got a few uh and our guy michael mulford uh he is he joined us at dallasbasketball.com uh over the last month he submitted a draft this morning uh, about you know, can the Mavs potentially get in on a, a front court upgrade that's that would kind of fly under the radar, uh, trading for Daniel Gafford from the Wizards? That really intrigues me. That's like a, I know the Tyson Chandler prototype thing gets thrown around way too much uh, for players that it probably shouldn't, but that type of trade would kind of fit the Tyson Chandler mold of a guy who, you know, he's kind of fallen out of the rotation with the Wizards. Uh, his defensive prowess is really impressive, uh, and he is a great 
lob catcher. So, uh, in my opinion, uh, it kind of fits that 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 prototype for a uh, for a Tyson Chandler trade. So, be That's on the lookout good. for that. I mean, hey, he's better than Javale, right? Yes, he is, and, and Powell, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah, uh, we we yeah. saw that firsthand when the the Mavs played the Wizards. Uh, in Washington, D.C. not too long ago, and they got throttled even though KP and Bradley Bill weren't playing. <laughs> so, uh, but, guys, look, we appreciate y'all coming in and listening. Y'all be sure to go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That really helps us out. Uh, be sure to visit the T Public uh, website, Math Step Back on T Public. We've got a lot of T-shirt designs there. And I'm hoping, I'm thinking either either Thursday or Friday. It depends on when they get back with me on the design. But those uh, those Jaden Hardy t-shirts should be ready before the weekend. So I'll post that on my Twitter account at Dalton underscore Trig uh, and at Step Back Mavs. Uh, you can find DJ at Coach Drew 33. I completely botched that on the last episode. Sorry, guys. Uh, so if you couldn't find him on Twitter, that, that, that was why, uh, but yeah, we appreciate it. Y'all y'all have a great rest of your day and we'll be back on here sometime next week to recap everything else going on with the Mavs. Hopefully it's a, another uh, extension of this win streak. And also y'all, uh, we had initially planned to do a mailbag, uh, for this episode, but, we ended up going over what we thought, you know, we, we were going to try to keep our actual talking around 20 minutes and we ended up going over. So we did not have time to do uh, the mailbag questions for this episode, but uh, we are definitely going to answer those mailbag questions in the next episode. And the- whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.